Hello and welcome to Salome Letters Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Newman, who is also the talk show host of his own TV show, Let's Talk Shalom. I'm Melissa Collins. I'm friend and ministry partner of Brian's and the voice of Mrs. Edgar Ava Hill of the Town cartoon series found on YouTube. Tonight is episode 12. We now have one dozen Shalom Letters. We are a podcast where participants can write into our show and we give commentary and even dream interpretation all from a biblical perspective. But with a focus to hear and see what is saying to the body today. Throughout each episode, I interview Brian discussing the topic at hand and then just let the spirit lead. So with all that being said, hey, hey, Mr. Newman, how are you? I'm okay. How's Miss Melissa Collins? I am doing pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. It has been quite the week, quite the day, but I'm super excited to finally be here, finally back on a regular recording schedule and just moving forward with the father's business. How about you? Uh, the same, just trying to, I guess, seek clarity on what that is, what, you know, what part of the business we have, because uh, there's so many ways to serve the kingdom, and there's also individual. I think sometimes the body is like, well, you're saved, you're part of the kingdom, that's all you need to know. It's like, no, there's so many specific jobs, it's like being in the military, you know, you can be a, a pilot or a mechanic or a sniper or a cook or a medic, and there's special training for those things and special dispositions and uh, special backgrounds and we all need to find where we serve best so it's uh, been in my mind a lot lately to to think think on that some mm, and what a beautiful analogy that we're in the father's army i love that because it's but, definitely a war out there oh absolutely even in a business you know you have marketing you have recruiting you have managers you have all these different positions accounting and the the whole the father's business runs best when everybody's in their position. Everybody's in the department they're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. So true, so true. Yeah, that's a good word. That's really something to think about. I'm I'm really going to spend some time thinking about that uh, this week. I'll I'll dive in a little later on what I'm doing <laughs> this weekend, but I'm pretty pumped up about that. May not even be able to sleep. I only have two more sleeps. <laughs> until oh. that but we'll save that for later so um before we get too deep into our conversation i'll start out with the first question that we always ask what what's the message that you're seeing and hearing from the holy spirit right now i'd like to do something on the fivefold ministry later on I had a whole episode i have a article i'm writing for kahilat yeshua former formerly nrf um about the fivefold but um, what else has been coming to mind is King David uh, has wrote Psalm 16. And this is where our ministry, our media ministry, gets his name from the Psalm 16 ministry is, even in the night, my heart instructs me. And he's talking mostly about dreams, but also when he gets quiet and quiet noise and listens to like, you know, what did God put in his heart to do? And... Uh, as opposed to other people's expectations of that, like what did God put in his heart directly, individually to do? And I had lunch with someone at Cracker Barrel, uh, my friend Jeff, 
uh, the other day and I had a yes or no question kind of seeking an answer on it. And he's like, well, sometimes God's bigger than the yes or no. Sometimes God wants to know, like, what, what do you put in your heart? It's not that he's going to tell you to do this, tell you to do that. And you say, yes, sir. And, you know, you're either excited about it or you deal with it, but you just say, yes, sir. But God wants, has put certain things in your heart to want. And he wants you to want the things too. It's not just a yes or no grumbling kind of obedience. He does care like what is in your heart to desire. So it's been sitting with me for a while because I'm such a yes or no black or white. I'll you know do it or don't do it person. Sort of the question of what do I want? It never really comes up sometimes. So and a lot of people like that. They're just like, it's all a matter of obedience. And if God tells you to do something, it's going to be something painful or awkward or a sacrifice. But I think there is a certain level of what did he put in your heart to be passionate about, to care about doing, to, to what makes you come alive. So uh, what does God put in everybody's hearts that makes them come alive? And, and examine that, I think, and look at that and see maybe that's part of where you fit into the father's business. Like uh, Melissa said, is is there something he made you to get excited about? He designed for you to get excited about? And maybe can you use that for the kingdom? Is that part of why he put you here? Is to do that thing you get excited about? You just got to do it in a kingdom way that helps other people. Yeah, that's that's really true. So, you know, in uh, Psalm 37, 4, it says, take delight in Yahweh and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I think... I think you're spot on. Is that is that the proper context for that verse? I think so, too. A lot of it is, uh, uh, like John Eldridge wrote a book called Journey Desire. His climbing partner died, and he's like, what's the purpose of life? And some of it is God put these things in you to, A, enjoy, like Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes, but also uh, God put desires in your heart. There's evil desire, wickedness, and that's not what we're talking about here, but he's talking about things God put in there. Like if he put a love for cooking inside of you, like you just want to be a chef and learn about food and you understand it and how to make it delicious, you might want you to go feed orphans with that or feed widows or bring, you know, single people into your house on a Friday night and cook for them. He put the desire there for a reason. It's not evil to desire something. He put it there for you to enjoy, to enjoy your life he gave you. That's why he made the sky blue and the trees green, which are the most relaxing colors on the color palette, instead of making everything totally ugly. He could have made the world totally ugly, but he made it beautiful and he put things in your heart so you would find your life beautiful and you could share those things with other people and help them. And I think that's kind of what that's getting at. It's the desires of your heart. It's, he put things there and when you cooperate with him with it, he will give it to you, you know, in, in ways that benefit everybody, not just in ways we want to hold it for ourselves or just enjoy it ourselves. He will mold that into a kingdom effective passion instead of just a hobby. Brian, even if no one else listens to our podcast, you are preaching to me. So keep it coming. Oh my gosh, that is such a good word. And as you were sitting here talking, I actually got the mental image of, you know, I know sometimes we get down in the weeds and we get so wrapped up in, in knowledge. And I'm one of those people, I just want to dive deep and study and, you know, just go as deep as I can and learn as much as I can. But then sometimes I just need to just back up and look at it from the more simplistic view that we forget he's our good father. And I get so much joy as a parent when I see my children happy and seeing them 
having the things that they like to have and having, you know, just enjoyment doing the things that they enjoy doing. And it just, it just brings me joy. So I can't help but imagine how much more so he feels. Oh, we're the view of punitive God of God just doesn't like you, any of you. And everything he wants you to do is homework, you know, do the dishes and your homework spiritually. And that's it. You know, the more life sucks, the holier you must be. Bless you, girl. Um, and we look at somebody like the Apostle Paul. Paul chose to suffer in a lot of ways. Uh, and a lot of times Paul murdered numerous people. I mean, he was the Taliban of the first century Judaism. And there's a verse that says, I will show him how much he has to suffer for my sake. Like when Paul went to Ananias to get his eyes healed because he was blind. God basically gave this sense of justice. Like, you know, he did all these things. But he's going to suffer for the kingdom. And uh, that's Paul, though. That's not everybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. But we, as Christian Christianity especially, we take so much focus on this one person in the Bible that we measure ourselves. Well, Paul is really holy, and he suffered all the time. So suffering and holiness must go together. One must equal the other one. And that's not always the case. And also, God gave us two means of sanctification, marriage and children. Or a lifelong singleness for the gospel, purpose of the gospel that probably involves a lot of danger and persecution. Paul was a widower. He wasn't married. He wanted a lifelong service to kingdoms. So that's his sanctification. If you're married with children, you have your own other sanctification. You don't have to go seek out suffering to be sanctified. He gives us these things in life like marriage and children and administering work to sanctify us. And the larger the calling, probably the more you have to endure for it. But not everybody's called to be an Apostle Paul. I don't think anyone's going to be listening to our podcast 2,000 years from now. <laughs> so true. we shouldn't, we can't define suffering with Christian with suffering with holiness. It's not always the same. That's what the monks did in the Middle Ages. Martin Luther's climbing a giant staircase on his knees in the middle of winter. They didn't wear clothes. They just wore this wool robe to make themselves itch all the time. They put ashes in their food. It's called asceticism. Put ashes in your food and wear wool clothes and don't get married. Don't do anything ever feels good. Because if it feels good, it makes you less holy. I mean, this is literally how the ascetics and the monks and the Gnostics thought. If it feels good, it must make you less holy. So don't do that. The, the more you hate life, the more holy you must be. And that's really ruined the church. It's ruined marriages too. Ruined ministries, mm. ruined people left and right. That sounds so depressing, and that's just, I don't feel like that's a very attractive lifestyle that would recruit people into the kingdom. I just, I don't understand that. And it's, uh, uh, Paul talked about it too, it's like people have their conscience seared. Like, they just in love with suffering because they made, they want their own holiness. Everybody has a counterfeit holiness. Like, if you're vegan, it might be you don't eat meat. If you're very eco-fanatical, it might be you recycle. If you're a Republican, it might be you own you own twelve shotguns in the truck and you know vote for Trump or whatever you do. Watch uh, it. So, touchy. Entirety in Kentucky just shut the computer off. Uh, or you know, if you're liberal, if you voted for, if you fought for gay rights and have a rainbow flag, I mean, it's just everybody's got their things. There's like a counterfeit holiness, you know. And for some people, it's suffering. Mm-hmm. That's not the holiness God assigned them. That's not the salvation God assigned them. That's just what they invented on their own. Mm. And they will sabotage it. If they start to enjoy something, they will sabotage it 
to make sure they're not, you know, enjoying life too much. Oh my goodness. That just sounds so depressing. And that's been church for the past 2000 years for most people. And I think there's, there's reasons people struggle with the Torah, but coming from certain religious backgrounds, seven feasts, one fast day. So seven feast days, one fast day. This does not seem, seem, seem like what they got taught in church. Like it should be seven fasting days in one feasting day, given how we are taught sometimes growing up, how, you know, if you're a Christian, you must be miserable. But in the scriptures, and this is the difference between Christianity and Judaism, and one, of, uh, one way of that is Judaism, they focus on life. Christianity focuses on death, usually. Um, Judaism, you have seven feast days, and this one fasting day from the Torah, from the scriptures. And in Christianity, modern Christianity focuses on the cross and the suffering on the cross. But early Christianity, which was much, much, much more Jewish, actually focused on the empty grave, on the, you know, the empty tomb, the resurrection, mm-hmm. and the, the immortality the soul would take on. Like, it's not, well, Jesus suffered and suffered, and we're going to watch the Passion of the Christ four times a day till we get in our heads how terrible it was. It was more about the empty tomb, the resurrection. And you're not, you're going to be immortal. You're going to be in the kingdom one day. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to lack. You're not going to age. You're not going to be sick. You're never going to die. That was their focus that was spreading throughout wildfire the first two or three centuries. But later on, it became all about death and suffering. And the focus became a crucifixion on the cross instead of a resurrection. Because uh, Judaism values life in the first century church was Jewish. And the more and more we got into asceticism, like the monks, the more and more we focused on suffering. And the model of the, the perfect Christian became the one that suffered the most aside from Jesus or Job was, was Paul. So it's, we've got this, it's not gothic, but it's close to it, view over the centuries. But it didn't start out that way. It started out, there's seven feasts, it's one fast day. Every six days, you don't buy, sell, or work. You actually celebrate and fast. Or you celebrate and feast. You feast. You feast and have fellowship every seven days and rest and sleep in. And we, we lost that. I mean, we literally dwindled that down for from 24 hours of you don't have to do dishes or laundry or cut the grass to I'm going to church for two hours in a suit and a pew that's really uncomfortable. And then I'm going to cut the grass afterwards. Mm. We, we made this trade off. That's true. That's true. But my goodness. You know, just 30,000 foot view. No one. I mean, I should have been this religion my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I love to eat and sleep. <laughs> it's perfect for a bear. Like if there wasn't a menorah, there'd just be a, like a bear. That would be the symbol of Judaism. <laughs> You're just taking a nap with a honey pot, Winnie the Pooh with a menorah on, on his shirt. That's me. I'm the Winnie the Pooh with a menorah on his shirt. I'm just sitting there. There we go. Sleeping. My little, my little pajama hat. Little honey buns and bear claws. Honey buns and bear claws, and then a big old like, cookie jar of them and a red t shirt. That's me. <laughs> oh, man. Every podcaster who's listening has just said, I hope Brian is wearing pants. <laughs> yes, yes. Most episodes. I, I do like Winnie the Pooh, though. I've got blonde hair and pretty much the same build, and I do want a red t shirt. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I promise at any of our live events, Brian will not be running around Winnie the Pooh style. He will be fully closed. I promise. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> little chubby, but I'll be fine. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We should do like Oprah, just you get a honey bun, you get a honey bun. We'll just throw them out of a big like cookie jar to the audience. <laughs> We're speaking engagements. <laughs> well, speaking of engagements, I'll go ahead and, and drop a little teaser for where I'm going this weekend. So hopefully we'll uh, we will have a follow-up podcast for our next episode. Um, but if everyone remembers back in the end of January, I believe it was. Chad and I went over to Missouri to a 12 to 1 conference that was hosted by Jim Staley and Nathan Harmon. And at that conference, they made an announcement of their second conference, or it would be Nathan's second conference that was going to be coming up also Ava, Missouri. And it starts the day after tomorrow. And it's called Bridge the Gap. And several different pastors are going to be there. Of course, uh, Nathan is organizing the event. And obviously, Nathan will be preaching there. Uh, Also, Eddie Chumley is going to be there. Um, There's going to be a couple of pastors from the Vineyard in Tennessee. And then Jim Staley just announced yesterday that he's also going to be there. So it's Jim Staley, Nathan Harmon. Uh, Tom Campbell from the Vineyard, maybe Matthew Miller. Yes, both and, of them. Uh, awesome. It's all the whole the whole crew. Yes, an amazing crew. Uh, so it's going to be several days. It actually kicks off on Thursday evening, then going all day Friday, all day Saturday, uh, and then I think just a little bit on Sunday um, before you know everybody has to break down and and head out. So the agenda is just amazing. I know it's not going to be live streamed. It's going to be just a focus on intimate time with Yahweh, uh, being in prayer and worship. Uh, Definitely going to be some great teachings throughout from all of those speakers. One of the things I'm most excited about uh, on the agenda is there is, I'm actually pulling up the agenda now. Uh, somewhere around lunchtime, well, it's just after lunch at 1.30 on Friday and Saturday, there's going to be, for anyone who's interested, to do evangelism outreach. So there's going to be a group of people to get together, leave the campsite, and go do outreach to the public, and then come back that evening at 6 p.m. for testimony and just a debrief and you know see how the day went and and all the things that that Yahweh did during that time so there's going to be two days of that and I'm most 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 excited for that but also the last time that I was with such a large group of like-minded people it was just you guys can go back and listen to that podcast it's it's I think our number one most listened to podcast all the different, uh, I mean, I don't want to say they're little, all the different ways that God showed up just for me at that conference. So other people have so many amazing testimonies from that conference. So I'm super excited. There's going to be something amazing happen this weekend. I just know it. Oh, and I met uh, P.D. Vander Vesthusen. He, um, he did something like that in Rosh Hashanah a couple years ago. 
the Texas Road Band was there, but they just went to Asheville for, uh, from Black Mountain, North Carolina, and just prayed over the homeless. And, um, you know, did, uh, did something very similar. It was really, really cool. It was just went out in small groups, so it wasn't like a big mandated thing. It was just whoever wants to go, and there were small groups. And it was really nice, and I think you guys are really going to like it. Mm-hmm. You go out into all the world kind of concept. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, so, so excited. I just I just have this anxiousness to get there. And and you kind of opened up the podcast. You know, you were just speaking to my heart. You, know, you probably didn't realize it, but it was just really agging me the last couple of days because I just completed booking everything, as you know, tonight, earlier this evening. And... It was just really last minute coming together. There was just so many things. They had my vacation time entered into our system incorrectly at work. I didn't think I was going to be able to. But then they figured out the error. And then, oh, I do have vacation time available. And so it was just, oh, my goodness. One thing after another to, to see if I could even be able to go to this conference. It just worked out. And I was just really struggling. Is this Melissa wanting to go to this conference? Or is that? you know, Yahweh put in that desire in my heart to go to the conference. And like you, I'm super black and white. I'm like, yes or no, which is it? (laughs) What Jeff told me at Cracker Barrel yesterday was kind of timely for both of us. Mm -hmm, It was like, just because you want to go doesn't mean God doesn't want you to go. And, you know, if God tells you this, you don't always have to be miserable about it. (laughs) Misery (laughs) is not the verification of it being God. Mm-hmm. That's true. The thought that, that I finally settled with when I decided to push forward is, you know, for this to be a desire to go worship him, to mm-hmm. go do outreach for him, to recruit others into the kingdom and pray over people, that can't be a bad thing. <laughs> so, yeah. and you're, you're an ENFJ with people or what you do, people and organizing or just part of your makeup, you know administrating, reaching out, gathering people, reaching people in groups, uh, meeting new people. That's just part of, you know, it brings you joy because that's part of what you're just made to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely brings me joy for sure, for sure. So speaking of bringing joy, I know you find a lot of pleasure in interpreting dreams and helping people uh, understand and reveal the messages that are hidden and hidden in their dreams from Yahweh. Um, so I have a dream. Do you want to, it's not my dream. <laughs> it was a listener submitted dream. Would you mm-hmm. like to take a stab at one tonight? Sure. I'll uh, look at it. My INFJ is the, the introvert that want to work in people one-on-one uh, to help them reach their full potential. And like King David said, even in the night, his heart instructs him. So I think sometimes God's speaking through people in their dreams at night. And they don't know it's him or he's trying to to show them, like, look, I, I intended for you to do this. I put this in your heart for a reason. And dreams just kind of draw that out. So absolutely. Let's see if we can help someone uh, reach their full potential. Okay. So um, this is a listener uh, who submitted this dream who I had was 
he claims to be atheist, I believe. I believe maybe he's a little bit more agnostic than atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I would say he professes to be. Mm-hmm. I dispute both of those. I think deep down he actually does believe. I've known I've known this listener since we were little, little kids. Um, but I think... He's very highly educated and very intelligent. I would, I would, I would not be surprised if he's legitimate genius level. So mm-hmm. I think there are some things, maybe you know, whether it be in college or, you know, through just independent studies, that maybe looks contradictory. You know, as all of us, you know, in our walk has wondered, you know, based on interpretation, is something is the Bible contradicting itself? Or, you know, we've all kind of had those questions. So I think it just I think maybe that's where he is, but now that's just Melissa. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Well it's the thing like we always give doubting Thomas such a hard time. And Jesus never called him doubting Thomas. We called him doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um but there's other part about Dying Thomas was when Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. Everybody's like, no, except Thomas. He said, well, I'll go die with you. Um, so wow, we really dismissed the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Thomases of the world. Cause some, it's going to take a lot to convince me really, really. It's going to take a lot more than all these other people. It's going to take a lot to convince me. But once you convince me, I'm there, though. Mm-hmm. If you can talk someone into something easily, you can talk them out of it easily. But if someone takes a lot of convincing to get in, they'll take a lot of convincing to get out. Good um, point. And atheism is usually a temporary condition. Or it's not that they're atheistic without God. They, they usually believe in a God. They just don't believe in the – they don't believe in the God that's been presented by their local church. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't believe in that God either. It's like you, they've been presented with a version of God that is wildly false. And they have trouble believing that. And I don't blame them a lot of times. Like, like you know, uh, they're look, maybe sometimes they're looking for the true God and they're presented with a false caricature almost. Mm-hmm. So uh, speculation, but it seems like someone on a journey, if God's given them dreams, God gives people in China and North Korea dreams all the time that are atheists. And then, uh, and also in the Muslim world, they don't believe in Jesus, but he's constantly appearing to people in the Muslim world in dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go that's ahead. true. That's true. Sorry. Okay. So, oh, yeah. A little rabbi trail for us. Okay, here we go. It says, the first part was about a guy laying in bed. He says, not me. Mm-hmm. He says, and Jesus was hovering over him or next to him, kind of watching him. And the guy was weirded out. And he says, why do you keep watching me like that, Jesus? So Jesus explained that it was like when a potter stares at the clay or a sculptor looks at his own sculpture. Even if the sculpture looks like it's done, the sculptor constantly is looking for imperfections or proved So it's constantly a work in progress. And it wasn't that he was looking for a person to make mistakes in a judgmental way, but trying to find flaws that he could fix because Jesus is a perfectionist. And it wasn't about the person, you know, being flawed at all. Actually said something about how it was like if you're playing Minecraft and you build a giant carrot in the game. 
but I had to do some interpreting to make it make more sense because that was just my gamer brain trying to influence the message. The second part was a man and a boy. I think it was his son that I think I've for or an old foreign movie from the 70s wearing blue clothes like maybe the dad was a lumberjack. Anyway, they were trying to climb this tree or maybe a lot pole that it was supposed to go it was supposed to go to be like climbing to heaven. But I think in the mo- think in the movie it was to get to a helicopter extraction. The lower part was a weird was weird flimsy branches but then it turned more into like a pole with a metal sticking out the further up you went the worse the handholds got so it was like nails sticking out that you had to grab onto with a ring on your finger it got really weird at that point and I woke up but I think what it was saying is like if you're in a video game and you see a rope bridge and it doesn't look like it can even hold you up, but you jump on it and it's a solid platform. Mm-hmm. You know, it's safe because it's been coded or designed that way. The same way if you know something was made by God that you can depend on it not failing because it literally isn't able to fail because it's not part of the code. It only looks weak, so it filters out the people that are not brave enough to try it. Something like that. So he interpreted his own dream. <laughs> yeah. So he got most of it. Um, well, sometimes something's going to be too personal for us. Like, Jesus loves you might be really intimate and personal for someone who's had a lot of bad experiences. So he will just use someone else as a model. It's like you have two trauma, two kids in your house, and one's really traumatized, like they're adopted or whatnot in foster care, but the other one wasn't. The foster kid might not let you hug them immediately because they've been through so much. Mm-hmm. But they watch you hug your other children in the house enough. Eventually, they'll come around. So I think in the dream, it was all about him, about the dreamer, but God was just having to kind of show him through someone else because it would be too personal, intimate for him to handle. But this guy's laying in bed. He's just comfortable. He's not taking action. He's not seeking or doing anything. He's not really active. He's just, it's like Adam was stone cold unconscious and God took Eve out of his side. Mm -hmm. Or when Abraham was stone cold and probably dead, actually. uh, And God made the covenant with Abraham while Abraham was TKO'd, you know, in a coma or whatnot. Uh, This guy wasn't seeking God. God was... He wasn't actively looking. He wasn't reading a book or climbing a pole or anything at the beginning. He was just doing what he normally does, comfortably, naturally, totally relaxed, you know, not taking any effort at all. But Jesus was there seeing what he could be, what he was supposed to be, what he's called to be. And working on things in him when he didn't realize it. And it wasn't he was being picked on. It was he was being, like you said, perfected or we'd say sanctified in religious circles. And then there's a father and a son, and the son, the, the, the father shows the son kind of how to do the impossible. What looks very difficult, he's got a guide, someone's there to show him how to do it and show him how to work, basically, show him how to put effort in. Because it's blue collar, they're wearing blue collar things. So show him how to put the effort in, uh, show him how to do what's necessary. 
And it's a little intimidating at first, but once it got to the top, it looked harder, but it was doable. But you, know, you reach a certain point, though, the helicopter came and got him. So it's going to take some effort on his part, maybe. He's going to have to do some digging. He's going to have to do some research. He's going to have to do some examination, maybe. But there is a point at which, you know, God, God's like, I got you from here. And there will be someone to guide him through. It might be God the Father. It might be someone else that shows him how to show him the ropes, you know, as we say, the ropes. Show him the ropes. Wow. That's um, awesome. That's, uh, there's, there's like a, a part where he's like, God's not picking on you, he's working on you. And, you know, even if you're not really trying or, or you know, actively doing anything that looks religious, he's, he sees who you could be, you know, and then later on, it's, there's a, there's a father-son kind of relationship of mentoring of someone showing him, this is what they do. They know how to do this. They've done hard things before and they'll kind of show him the way. And this, at a certain point, though, there's like a helicopter. So he just got, got, got it from there. And, you know, it's, he doesn't have to climb all the way to the top of the tree necessarily or do this impossible thing. So it's encouraging to keep going is most of it. Encourage him to keep going. Good. Keep digging. I'm not mad at you for where you are. I just want you to keep going. Keep digging. It's like you'll seek me when you find me. And I think some people don't seek hard enough. They find a a cartoonish version of God that someone has made for them and they stop there and that's all they get. But sometimes people that dig, take a long, take longer and dig, they dig deeper and they actually really truly find God instead of just this commercialized Santa Claus, Zeus type figure we have that's either going to, you know, put some candy in your stocking or zap you the lightning bolt. <laughs> it's one of the two. But there's a keep digging, keep going deeper, and you'll find something real, realer than maybe some of the religious people around you believe in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like you said, there's a distinct difference in, you know, the almost fairy tale like God version that I was taught as a child versus, you know, the God and the character of God that you get to know once you actually dig in and read the scriptures for yourself exactly you gotta keep you know going in good so looking forward to his interpret or his reaction to your interpretation so um the last dream that we had interpreted um i wonder if i still have that uh handy here for Mm. the listener's response to it let me pull that up real quick uh, while you're um, looking for that, I yeah. was agnostic for a little bit. My mom died, and I was like, either there's not a God, or there's just a God that doesn't like me very much. So I, I went through that as kind of a phase, just for our listener to know he's not, our dreamer to know he's not totally alone in, in questioning things. Okay, so uh, the, the part that I got in writing before the phone rang was, dude (laughs) Brian is (laughs) gifted he has blown my mind I love Brian he's so intelligent yes he yes something yes he has his interpretation was so spot on it is mind-boggling thank you so much for making that happen this is very 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 helpful I will not allow my eyes to wander 
Awesome. He probably hasn't seen me try to change a tire. <laughs> so <laughs> I've preserved the appearance of intelligence. Uh, but uh, I'm glad it helped him so much. Yes, and... very, very much. And then, like I said, after that, my phone rang. You know, he was, you know, just going through the interpretation. It was really just too much to write. <laughs> so he ultimately ended up calling and just the amount of gratitude for, you know, because when you have these dreams and you know they're from God, they just stick with you. And they, I know with mine, I wrestle with that, you know, am I interpreting that right myself? You know, am I really getting the full message? Which nine, 99% of the time, no, I'm always missing something. There's always something that I can't see. And, you know, and that's how, that's how it's been for every submission that we've had. They're just really wrestling with it. They want to know what the full message is. And it is, there's the amount of gratitude that they have when they finally get that message and they get that peace about them and they know that's the right message. And then they can move forward without, you know, without that worry. And they can move forward in confidence in the right direction. Mm. So that's worth so much. Oh, it's a huge blessing. I've got prophetic friends that help me out with things. I'm like, is this just in my head? Am I thinking about this right? Or even sometimes dreams, they'll look at it and just have a whole new perspective. Like my friend Michelle Reimer at Fairhaven Counseling Ministry, she helps me out a lot with things. And uh, there's usually something I've just told. I've got part of it, but I totally miss it. And she's like, Brian, this is what that is like. How in the world did I not see that? Uh, but in the scripture says, plans fail, plans fail for lack of counsel. You know, and if God's giving you instruction in dreams, it's good to have counsel. It's not good to put it on Facebook and let 50,000 people speculate and make you confused, and which is what happens usually. But if you know people that are familiar with the subject or, or spirit-filled or, you know, just familiar with dreams that are, you know, believers or you're, even people in leadership, it's good to have it run by someone else, someone else to run by. And it's a, it's like a spiritual itch almost. You have a physical itch, you can physically scratch your foot. But it's a physical problem with a physical relief. But if you have a spiritual itch with it, there's no spiritual relief until it's interpreted. I think in the Talmud, it says the uh, an uninterpreted dream is like an unopened letter. And there's different traditions and things that talk about that as well. But it's it's a huge spiritual burden that between you know Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar, all these guys are willing to kill every single one of their people in their court that couldn't interpret it because it was pressing on them so bad. So it's a, it's, it brings Shalom. It brings Shalom to have an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I know you offer your services to do dream interpretation and, and even life coaching. Could you tell us mm-hmm. a little bit more about that? So I'm a certified master life coach uh, through Transformation Academy. I'm also a peer support specialist, which is I have a depression, anxiety, and I help people through those kind of issues. And I'm also a recently ordained minister. Uh, so all that together, I do life coaching, but it's uh, based on scriptures, largely based on the Torah. But you know, uh, the whole scriptures, Genesis to Revelation. So uh, life coaching based on the Bible and uh, I, largely through dream interpretations because the dream interpretation is not the point of the life coaching. I, I find often that's what opens everything up, opens up all the issues for people. Someone sent me a dream today and they thought it was about one issue. It was really about rejection. 
So uh, we got to the root of root of what was happening. The dream showed what they really needed help with, which wasn't instructions for a situation to go into the next day. It was the rejection they experienced that was causing them anxiety about the event the next day. And I was able to send her some links and some videos and some resources about rejection in the Bible and fear and, and these kind of things. So if, if I do a coaching session with someone, it's 30 minutes, approximately 30 minutes and it's $30. Uh, so it's like, you know, a good dinner maybe, but it's going to last a lot longer. It's going to nourish you a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So you send me your dream. We'll go over your dream. We'll talk about it. And I'll go over some, what your dream means. You know, God gives me interpretation of what your dream means, but also these issues you're dealing with. And I'll also send you some resources. I'll send you a link to a book. I'll send you links to YouTube videos. I'll send you websites. I'll connect you with the people you need. So you can actually do something with it. You're not just, oh, wow, I have anxiety or I have rejection or whatnot. You can actually have the resources to work through that and move through that and not deal with that the next 40 or 50 years of your life. And your children want to deal with it. and Your spouse wants to deal with it. You can actually move past it. You know, you can see what your dream's about, but you can also see the underlying issues there. And you can have the resources and the community and the people, the contacts you need to, uh, to grow through that. And you might have been dealing with this 30, 40, 50 years. So I think it's well worth that small investment to be able to, to overcome that hurdle. But I call it dream coaching. Instead of just life coaching, it's dream coaching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, um, yeah, it, it applies to your whole life from a message that stems from your dream. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and first one's free too. So you get the... Try before you get to try it and see, you know, if this is something you're comfortable with. We schedule a time, and if you want to continue doing it, then you know that's uh, it takes a lot of time, and time is a big investment. So, the first one's free though, so you can try it out and and, and just see if it's something you're interested in and it blesses you. Well, I from my own personal experience, you know, I can I can give a little personal testimony that it absolutely will be a blessing, you know, and. And yes, Brian does interpret my dreams as well, which I prefer to keep a lot of mine off the air. <laughs> but all about honey buns, all of them. <laughs> so, but yeah, Brian absolutely interprets my dreams. But then the coaching aspect of it, while I get a good chunk of coaching in the dream interpretation, it's not. It's not always. It's not you know cut and dry after that first session. So. I call Brian multiple times throughout the week <laughs> to be like, okay, now what, you know, just like, you know, just I'll use this week, for example, you know, it, it wasn't dream related, but in just the preparation of, do I go on this trip? Do I not go on this trip? You know, first of all, it was, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what I had going on initially. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to go. And then there was um, work part of it. Yeah. Well, it was the work part of it. And then, my husband couldn't take off work. I was going to be traveling alone. And then I couldn't rent a campsite online. And, you know, it was just, there were no good hotels in the area. Like it was just one thing after another. And it's like, oh my gosh, am I really going to put another trip on the credit card? You know, it's just constantly, I needed that reassurance and coaching from Brian that, you know, I'm listening to God's voice. I'm not letting my own inner voice interfere. I'm not letting all of these worldly distractions interfere. You know, Brian just really helps me keep my blinders on and keep me focused 
where I need to be focused. And it's just, you can't put a price tag on that. Thank you. Thank you. And Melissa's done the same thing for me in a lot of areas. And it's, um, everybody needs coaching. We back in the ancient world, we would have 15 aunts and uncles and cousins and older relatives all in the same town, but we don't live in that world where we're also connected. And people aren't really that spiritually in tune anymore. You can go on Facebook and ask for advice, but you get 5,000 strangers that are untrained, often unlearned and of dubious motivations uh, mm-hmm. sometimes. But sometimes it's just good to have somebody that has struggled with things before. I've been in lots of situations uh, and lots of jobs that will give me experience. Like I've been divorced, been homeless, had my kids you know, disappear for 10 months from me. I've been in the military. I've lived overseas. I've been desperately poor uh, growing up. I've been, I've been through a lot of stuff. And then I've worked at some places. I worked at a halfway house. Guys got out of prison. I worked at the drug rehab. I worked at the inner city boys and girls club. I worked for uh, getting people out of a mental hospital for a living. Uh, and right now I work with families that have special needs. So through all those job experiences, I developed all these a list of resources and contacts and just you know, insight that it's might be hard to find just person off the street or a relative or whatnot. But if anything I coach someone on, tell me, is it backed up by the scripture? Pray about it and seek your other wise counsel. You know, your pastor, if you have one or people you trust. And generally, if this is spirit, if it's, you know, really the spirit talking, there's a consensus. Mm -hmm. There's a peace and there's a consensus. If this is, you know, the way you should go or not. Oh, every single time, you know, you and I were talking just earlier today about, you know, those outside worldly things being a distraction to keep me away from, you know, the goal and the mission that I had to go worship. And just before our podcast, I have a group message with um, Sherry and Tanya, which is my best friend and cousin, uh, and then my pa- other best friend and our pastor's wife. So we have a little group message between the three of us, and that is verbatim what they said. Like it, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my gosh, Brian just had the same word." <laughs> I was layers, layers. Yes, yeah, so you know, it's out in the woods, and like Pharaoh doesn't want you to go into wilderness to worship. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, amazing. I so I'm, gonna... I didn't know about that. I'm glad that I'm glad that that came in. So you have extra confirmation, extra reassurance. That you're on the right path. Yeah. So Tanya's words says it's true. That's what I've said. It's a distraction. The enemy is trying to wear us out, but we know we have the victory in the end. Mm. You know, she's very encouraging. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then Sherry's text before that. The enemy is definitely raging and trying to distract his people all from being about our father's business by wearing people down with all of these issues. And that's when I had this light bulb go off. I'm like, that's almost verbatim what Brian said. It was like the thorns or the weeds that were choking out the seed in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. There's a seed and the thorns and the weeds choke it out. And everybody wants to be Satan's the ultimate and replacement God. He's like the ultimate counterfeit king. But he, what he inspires people to do is try to be counterfeit kings as well. Everybody wants to be Pharaoh. Everybody wants to be Pharaoh over someone else. But you know, God says, go do this. But there will be all these other people 
there are an authority somehow in your life that will step up to say, no, no, you can't do that. And you have to pick eventually. So well, God said, do it. And you're telling me something else. So you're going to lose that one, buddy. <laughs> you know, God said versus boss or coworker or sometimes finances can be trying to be a Pharaoh or fear, or there's not to be a person that's trying to be a Pharaoh to you. It can be your fears. It could be your finances. It can be your circumstances, your trauma or anything it can be trying to Pharaoh over you and say, well, God told you to go out in the wilderness to do this, but I'm telling you, you can't. And you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. But when Moses stood up the Pharaoh, you know, people got freed. If Moses just said, no, 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 no. He's got a lot of magicians over there. I'm not, I'm afraid to do it. But when Moses stood up the Pharaoh, millions of people got freed by the time it was over. Mm. That was beautiful. I like that. So if someone will try out uh, one of your free coaching dream interpretation sessions, what would they, what would you say they need to do to get in touch with you to get that scheduled? So are, are we have a, we're Psalm 16. I mean, the ministry is that uh, one of our media outreaches is let's talk shalom.com. It's the website. It's got my TV show on it. You can watch episodes. It's got our podcast here on it. It's got my books. It's got Melissa's Hugging Homeless Ministry. And uh, it also has my dream coaching. So let's talk shalom.com. You'll see a dream coaching tab. You can just fill out the contact form to contact me or uh, shalom to your heart at gmail.com. And a lot of you know me on Facebook. You can message me or if you're one of the three or four people that have my phone number, you can always <laughs> text me because uh, I'm an extreme introvert. But yeah, reach out. Let's talk shalom.com. There's all the ways to contact us there is the main ways. Let's talk shalom.com. Or if you just like a mo- make a donation for a previous dream interpretation we did or to support the ministry in general, or if we've been helpful to you through the podcast or the TV show or the books or just one-on-one, feel free to <laughs> donate. But let's, if you want to set up coaching, let's talk shalom.com and you'll see the dream coaching tab at the top and reach out. And I'll just need the, you know, you'll tell me your dream. We'll go through it piece by piece. And uh, I'll try to give you what I think God's telling me it means. And then after that, I'll send you like the videos and the book book links and organizations like uh, Celebrate Recovery or Focus on the Family's Referral Line or whatever you need. I have a background in mental health too. Uh, whatever I think you need. And I'll send that to you and, and get you going. So I will backtrack just one step because you said something there that, that triggered a memory. Remember I said um, for the last dream interpretation that we did last week, um, the person who submitted the dream, you know, text and then ended up calling. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they were so blown away with is in their written dream that they had submitted to us, they had written down that it was a piece of paper that Mm -hmm. was in the tree and you had made the connection like I feel it was a piece of trash I feel like it wasn't supposed to be there Mm -hmm. and they were like it was a piece of trash Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so and then that just reminded me that there have been and I hate to say it for all because I really can't 100% say it's been for all of them but for a lot of them I feel like Yahweh downloads this little bit of extra information that the dreamer doesn't share 
that when Brian gets that download and relays that message to the that it's just this extra added layer of confidence. It's just a sign for them that this is a message from Yahweh and Brian is just the vessel delivering that message. Yes, it's not just, it's like this is, they can have some insurance that there was some bit of God talking to them in that through their dream, everything interpretation. And sometimes it's also through their wise counsel. It's through their life circumstances. They might have a, they're reading the Bible, something pops out because God doesn't just speak one way. It's like not just to the dream, but there'll be the extra little bit. It's like, yeah, that was me in this dream. That was a God dream. And then they'll pick up the other pieces too that will verify the meaning or to all line up. But sometimes they just need the extra nudge, especially if someone has a lot of dreams or just soul dreams. Or if they're just skeptical, they just might need an extra nudge sometimes. So God's mm-hmm. verifying it's him. And sometimes I might, there's a possibility I can get absolutely nothing for which I will not charge you if that happens. Um, but sometimes God does it to keep people humble too. And sometimes there's a situation which he wants to reveal in a later season. And sometimes he just wants to tell the dreamer directly because it's something so important. If they got it from another person, they might doubt it. But if they get a direct download of it, then they're going to know it's him. But 95% of the time, you know, that's the process we go through. You tell me the dream. You see part of it. I see part of it. I send you the resources. You know, you, you learn to overcome whatever the dream was telling you about. And it's all, you know, pretty smooth. But all those rare instances where God's just doing something else. But if you're worried about that, just, uh, or you just think I'm completely, utterly off, is there a second or third one, then just, you know, I, I wouldn't hold somebody to uh, a donation for that. It's, it's a recommended donation of $30, recommended donation for 30 minutes. And there you go. So go to letstalkshalom.com, click on the Dream Coaching tab, and then there is a contact us form where you can fill out and get your appointment set up with Brian and get some revelation on those dreams. Best I'm gonna, investment. I'm going to throw Melissa totally under the bus and say that she might be inclined to pray over it if you would like as well. Mm, yes, that's true. Um, we we have a lot. I know we don't. We probably don't talk about that very much. But we usually pray before we start our podcast. Then we always close our podcast in prayer. Then I have some special closet war room prayer time on the daily, at least once a day. So um, no shortage of prayers around here. So if there is any way at all that we can pray for you, the contact us form will work for that as well. And then all of our regular contact places, you know, we... um, we're of that middle age age group. So we are on Facebook. My, my kids <laughs> have reminded me that's where our age group is supposed to be. This is the Facebook. senior center of social media. <laughs> so, they got a checkerboard out front. <laughs> we're on all the other platforms as well. We're even on TikTok now. But um, we are not dancing. No dancing on TikTok, but we are on there. So, so mine is your dream guy unfiltered. Uh which is not because I'm incredibly good looking because I'm not, uh, but it's because I interpret dreams and it's unfiltered. I, not because I want to be, but because I don't know how to use the buttons <laughs> to, to filter things. So it's a very, very rough version of a TikTok. But your dream guy unfiltered is mine on TikTok. And Melissa, what was yours? And you've got mail. 
That's right. M is it M A I L or M E L? M E L short for Melissa. So that's actually my nickname is Mel. I go by Mel um, at work. There's several Melissas where I work at. So um, most of the time I go by Mel outside of home, which, you know, I'm just mama here. But um, yeah, so you've got Mel, M E L. I'm also a huge Meg Ryan fan. I love the rom coms. So Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail are two of my favorite movies. So it was and those just, are two of my favorites, too. Yeah, just an appropriate handle for You've Got Mail. <laughs> so. yes. I love that movie. I thought I was the only guy in the world that did. But I meant like one or two more. But yeah, <laughs> I, um, so yeah, Melissa's You've Got Mail, M-E-L. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was You've Got Me with an exclamation mark for forever because I need glasses. <laughs> so you've got me. It's cool. Oh, you've got mail. Oh, wait, you've got mail, like the movie. <laughs> like five weeks to fully put that all together. And oh I am gosh. your dream guy, <laughs> unfiltered. Uh, so look so every time guy. you say that, you're like totally triggering me to do like some sound effects with the little dial-up screeches. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, I'm trying so hard to bite my tongue and not do that right now. We'll lose uh, listeners. Oh. Well, we should open up with the uh, <laughs> TikToks. TikToks with like, <laughs> and it's like a little AOL guy pops up, and then you see my face. A little yellow <laughs> grinning dude. Would you put like a red Winnie the Pooh shirt on him? Oh, no. Back at Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that would be great. But if we do a jury interpretation, I promise not to mention Honey Buns or Winnie the Pooh during your session. <laughs> but for minute 35, which it's free. Uh, <laughs> But uh, hopefully it'll be helpful to you guys. And I have a master's in human services, marriage and family, but I do not have a counseling license because that would require six more months of classes and a, a year of working for free. Uh, but I was in the, the marriage and family therapy track at Liberty for a master's in that. So I have, I have experience and classes in that. I just don't have the license. I do have the peer support certification and an ordained minister for pastoral counseling, which is basically what this is, and a uh, certified life coach for life coaching. So, guys, it'll definitely be worth it. One more plug for uh, Let's Talk Shalom.com. Yes, ma'am. So, Brian, we are full circle now with Winnie the Pooh, and <laughs> we are approaching that 60 minute mark. So do, do you want to just go ahead and close this out in prayer? Or do you want to add anything before we close? I would just encourage everybody to start journaling too with your dreams. Everybody's like, oh, I have dreams. I don't remember them. Uh, so keep a notepad or some kind of recorder, like your phone by your bed, and just write down what you remember. I will actually get backlogged in my dream journal, and God won't give me any more dreams until I write the ones down I had already. So it's like stewardship. I just remember, write down what you remember. If all you remember is one word, just one word give it a title and you'll get more you'll get more after that but if it's a god dream it's going to stick with you and you won't be able to shake it mm-hmm. for sure uh, so that's that's that and uh just pray um yahweh thank you for our my co-host for this platform anchor fm thank you for our website and all the things you made possible the past six months we've never thought would be possible and our listeners and just Give them shalom and ask you to speak to their hearts in the night through dreams and visions uh, that are from you that they understand the meaning of, that they get confirmation on, and that they grow in the ability to understand their dreams to the point they don't even need me to help them anymore. Uh, in Shua's name, amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for all the time you dedicate to our ministry and all the work you do for the kingdom and for our listeners too. I know you give so, so much of yourself. So thank you for that. I just pray that you'll be blessed a hundredfold. Just what is it? Pressed down, shaken together and just running over. So thank you so, so much. And thank you to our listeners. We would not be here without you guys. We just appreciate every listen, every download, every like and share that we are getting on all forms. We just, we cannot say thank you enough. It is just our heart's desire to talk about Yahweh and spread his word and spread the peace and the shalom that he can bring into your life. So we just thank you guys so much for helping us get the message out there. So Uh, With that, we will close. We love you guys. God bless you guys. And we will see you next week. And please share our website and our podcast. As Melissa said, let's talk shalom.com and shalom letters and shalom to your hearts. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys. And thank you, Brian. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.